Donald Trump continues to attack special counsel Jack Smith each and every day and in new messages and even a video that Donald Trump made of himself, Trump is actually now seen begging Jack Smith not to prosecute him. Trump also says he kept classified folders at Mar-a-Lago because it was a cool keepsake, dude. Desperate, weak, weird, traitor, MAGA. And more deposition transcript pages were released. Speaking about desperate by a federal judge in New York in the E. Jean Carroll defamation and civil rape case against Donald Trump. Donald Trump looked desperate and pathetic in these deposition transcripts. And one of the pages from the blockbuster testimony in those depositions, get this, Trump confused a photo of E. Jean Carroll with his ex-wife, Marla Maples, after Donald Trump said the reprehensible thing that, oh, he could not sexually assault E. Jean Carroll because she is not his type. Trump is in big trouble. And this lawsuit, it is set for a trial in federal court in the Southern District of New York in April. Meanwhile, the MAGA House Republicans introduced a bill that would replace the income tax with a regressive 30% national sales tax on all goods and services. And the bill would also abolish the IRS. Republicans are working very hard. Yeah, that's right. They're working very hard to attack the middle class, to attack hardworking Americans, to attack you, to create inflation, and to try to destroy this country. We will not let them. That's right. And it also seems like the MAGA Republicans are competing with each other in a race to the bottom to the depths of depravity. They are competing with each other to see which MAGA Republican can out-fascist the other MAGA Republican and which MAGA Republican can hurt America more. They don't govern. They don't care to govern. They just perform, right? They perform weird and disgusting fascist rituals and they fascist signal each other into their base of fascist losers. Take for example, Ron DeSantis in Florida this week, right? He just announced he is banning AP African-American history from high schools, saying it is clearly contrary to Florida law. I want you to process that on this week of MLK's birthday. Meanwhile, in serious world, okay, the United States has hit the debt ceiling. With no serious Republicans in the House of Representatives, the government has taken extraordinary measures to triage until June, when our nation would default on its debt. MAGA House leaders like Marjorie Taylor Greene, they don't care because they just want to destroy our country. In fact, they think it's funny. And yes, you heard that right. I did say House leaders like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Kevin McCarthy, the weakest speaker of the House in United States history, has rewarded Marjorie Taylor Greene with seats on both the powerful Homeland Security Committee and the House Oversight Committee. Lauren Boebert, Paul Gosar, also House Oversight Committee, George Santos. He gets on two committees. Let's give George Santos a reward. Santos gets on the Small Business 
uh, committee as well as the space and science committees. You get a committee, you get a committee, all the incompetent fascist traders get committee. I haven't even mentioned others like Jim Jordan, who chairs the judiciary. I mean, how pathetic and reprehensible is that? But speaking about pathetic and reprehensible, the United States Supreme Court, led by MAGA right-wingers, claimed in a report released earlier in the day that they completed their investigation into who leaked the Dobbs decision back in May, which overruled Roe v. Wade. And oh, no. They could not find who did it, folks. Apparently, the Supreme Court justices themselves were not questioned and investigated. How about you start off by doing the investigation on these Supreme Court justices, specifically the people, the right-wingers who we know have leaked decisions in the past? I don't know, Brett. I think I could give them a Lido hint. Who did it? I'm ooh, just, I'm just, I'll give him an Alito. Good hint, one. Okay? Good one, Ben. And George Santos killed a veteran's dog as part of his scam charity. It was apparently a drag queen in Brazil. This is the Midas Touch podcast. There's George Santos right there as he rails against drag queens, as he rails against same-sex marriage, as he rails against all of these things. Kevin McCarthy rewards the guy. Reward him literally killed a veteran's dog you can't make up you can't get more weird and criminal and strange than this every day huh just a bunch of lunatics jordy is traveling on vacation don't you worry he'll be back with us next week don't you worry traveling on business i shall say um no i mean just a bunch of lunatics when you read down that list it proves our thesis of what we said after the midterms which is just you wait you think that Republicans are going to take away the correct lessons from this? You think they're going to view that trouncing as, oh, now we need to moderate a little bit. Now we need to reach out to the American people and do what's best and work together and reach across the aisle to get things done for the American people. Nope. They went the complete opposite direction, doubling down on fascism, doubling down on weirdness, the bizarreness, the weird distraction attempts, all the things that did not work leading up to the midterms, whether it be M&Ms or you name it. Now we've got gas stoves, all that stuff. Now that is what the Republican Party is defined by, this weirdness, this bizarreness. And this episode today, we are going to break down the weirdness and the derangement of the Republican Party and just show how just directly they are trying to hurt the American people. It is truly such a disgrace. I got I got to apologize right off the bat, though. Literally right before I hit live on the show, I spilled a giant glass of coffee <laughs> on my desk. And so my hands are like sticking to each other. It's literally what you can't see right now, coffee everywhere right in front of me. I needed to get all the paper towels out, but I'll, I'll deal. Don't you worry. But that's some of the things behind the scenes that we just go through here at the Midas Touch Network, you guys. And and Jordy isn't here. Jordy will be reading joining us of course uh on monday for monday's episode we we had to give jordy another uh vacation that's what brett and i we work we work so jordy can rest and and that and that's what the midas mighty wants they need a well rested looking good jordy while brett spills coffee while brett spills coffee on himself and uh 
and I do hot takes all day. But Brett, on my most recent hot take, <laughs> you, I'm going to go right into the Trump thing. On my most recent hot take, normally where my dogs start barking, you would normally edit that out where I would say, come on, guys, can you be quiet for a moment? Um, but on this one, you forgot that, that piece. So everyone, if you go after this and watch my most recent <laughs> very serious yeah, we gotta, hot take. We, we, we got to fire that editor. Whoever, whoever left that in the cut has got to go. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I was talking about in that video is what I want to touch on now, though. It's Donald Trump attacking special counsel Jack Smith. And Donald Trump even attacked the special counsel who was appointed in connection with the um, the investigation of like the 20 or so documents that were found at University of Pennsylvania. Donald Trump called th that investigator who Donald Trump appointed. It was a United States attorney from Maryland. We'll show you the video in a second. Donald Trump calls that uh, United States attorney a political hack. He was your political appointee. You appointed him. That's the thing with all of these people like Bill Barr and Christopher Ray. I mean, and and this guy, you know, her. Um, Donald Trump appointed these people. Like it's the, amazing. It's amazing. He literally appoints those people, and you know, and if you go back also to the nominations, like look up, go go after this podcast is over, look up Donald Trump nominating FBI Director Ray, and read the comments that Donald Trump says about him. He goes, "This is a man with impeccable credentials. I trust no one more than Christopher Ray to lead this department." And then, of course, Donald Trump commits crimes, and then these people look into the crimes. They haven't even indicted or anything yet. Donald. Trump gets scared. He immediately goes to that sort of mafioso like, hey, I did this for you. I appointed you to this position. I did that so you could protect me in that position. You're supposed to have my back. You don't. You know how this works. And with Donald Trump, of course, it's always a one-way street for him, but he expects people to have this undying loyalty, not to the United States Constitution or the United States of America, but to Donald Trump personally. So the second these people are doing their jobs like they're supposed to be, they become, oh, they're radical liberal democratic plant. It's, it's, it's the same playbook every single time. The fact that anybody believes this nonsense is wild. Here's the thing. You know, when we talk about the weirdness, the fascism, the corruption, it all starts at the top. The MAGA Republican Party is a cult. They have taken over the Republican Party, and now they're just a criminal cartel. That's who they are, and a very incompetent one as well. And so let's start with the top. Let's focus on their cult leader, Donald Trump. This is what he wrote in a series of statements. His new thing is he goes, page one, like on his social media posts. Okay, page one, got it. Um, he goes, the fake news media and crooked Democrats, parentheses, that's been proven, exclamation point, keep saying I had a large number of documents in order to make the Biden classified docs look less significant when I was in the Oval Office or elsewhere and quote, papers were distributed to groups of people and me, they would often be in a striped paper folder with classified or confidential or another word on them. When the session was over, they would collect the papers, but not the folders. And I saved hundreds of them, page two. Remember, these were just ordinary, inexpensive folders. R remember, Brett, remember, remember. These were just ordinary, inexpensive folders remember. with various words printed on them, but they were cool. They were a cool keepsake. Perhaps the Gestapo took some of these empty folders when they raided Mar-a-Lago and counted them as a document, which they are not. It's also possible that the Trump-hating Marxist thugs in charge will plant documents while they're in possession of the material as president and based on the Presidential Record Act and the Sox case, the Sox case. 
I did nothing wrong, all in caps, Joe did. So accusing the FBI falsely of planting documents. He's back to accusing them of planting it. Now the new one is, I had all of these folders, but they were just cool keepsakes. I kept them as souvenirs, as cool keepsakes. And maybe they counted them. No, they didn't. They actually counted separately what what the empty folders were. And one of the things they're looking for in their national security review is what was in those empty folders, not cool keepsakes. And the cool keepsake argument, how does that play in court, Ben? I'm sure that's, that's a defense you probably heard pretty frequently in court, huh? Just, Ladies as long as you claim and it's gentlemen cool of the jury, my client, I can't even say it, but the client, <laughs> Donald, the client, Donald J. Trump is being accused of obstruction of justice of concealment, of mutilation, and destruction of our nation's highest secrets. But ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I am here (laughs) to tell you all that they were cool keepsakes. And you are going to hear testimony that for over a two-year period that the Department of Justice and before them The National Archives tried to get these records back. You will hear testimony that some of Donald Trump's lawyers submitted affidavits under penalty of perjury, stating that they are returning all of the records. But what I will remind you, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, what I will come back to is two words. Cool keepsake. I rest. Say no more. Say no more. Say no more. So there, he both, he, he both is saying they were planted. The documents were planted. I'm trying to get the story straight. The documents planted. The folders. Really cool keepsake. Cool, cool, okay. dude. All right. And, cool. and then, and then the new one he goes with also is, our country has become the investigation capital of the world. <laughs> what a ridiculous concept to say because he's being investigated where the investigation got. Our country has become the investigation capital of the world. Actually, that's all we do. And it's only good for our enemies. They cannot be happier as they brilliantly plot our demise. This is the filth that oh, he boy. feeds it, that he feeds his people. And by the way, I, I went on, you know, because we have to find these things somewhere. He posts them on his social media site. If you look at these ads that he posts, it's like, get your $1,000 Donald Trump dollar bill. Like he like, like they, they sell the griftiest things there. It's a combination that. of like the, get your super coins, get your free watches. And when you click on the free watch, it's like you have to buy eight watches. <laughs> like it charges you like $800 for eight separate watches when you think you're getting a free watch. And then they also sell knives. So all of Truth Social are posts like this. And then like knives and like grifty ads and like, are you tired of your woke insurance? <laughs> get the get the insurance endorsed by Don Jr., not that yeah. woke insurance. When I, when, I, when I think woke, I think insurance companies. First first thing that comes to mind, the insurance industry. That, that, Second that, to the oil the, industry, maybe. Woke oil, woke insurance right next to each other. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, <laughs> may I point you to the cool keepsake? And in addition, may I remind you that the United States of America has become the investigation capital of the world. We do so many investigations. And I mean, this is complete, utter trash right here. And then he, so so he goes from those, he now makes videos of himself. Like, 
Like he just sits there. He sits just sits there at home, and he makes these videos. And in this most recent video, he like attacks Jack Smith. He attacks Robert Hur, calls him a hack. Robert Hur's the special counsel that Merrick Garland appointed uh, to investigate Biden, who Donald Trump appointed. That's who Donald Trump is calling a hack. And then he ends it by basically saying, that's why they need to drop the investigation of me. It's like, you think that Jack Smith watches that and he's like, you know what? Compelling argument. Compelling. <laughs> I'm going to have to drop my investigation. Let, 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 let's, let's play this video that Trump just posted. Yet while I'm being persecuted by Trump-hating special counsel, I call them special prosecutors, but this one in particular is a prosecutor and a Trump deranged person. They prosecute all sorts of things. He prosecuted war crimes and war criminals. Joe Biden, in the meantime, is being given white glove treatment by a establishment hack who tried to cover up the Russia hoax. He actually tried to cover it up. It's a travesty. Biden lied to the American people and weaponized the Justice Department, or as I call it, the Injustice Department, to go after me for the very crime he actually committed. And he wasn't president, so he didn't have the right to declassify, as I did. The difference is that while I did everything right, I did nothing wrong. Biden did everything wrong. The boxes hoax should be dropped immediately against President Trump, when I return to the White House, we will end the era of partisan witch hunts. Oh, what a freaking weirdo. I mean, he goes, I did everything right. I did nothing wrong. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's so strange. It's so pathetic right there. And here's the thing. None of the criminal charges that the Department of Justice is investigating him for deal with the classification status. He's being investigated for concealment, mutilation, destruction of records, and obstruction. Those were the counts that the magistrate judge in the Southern District of Florida found that there was probable cause for. We're not talking about the classification status. I mean, to me, it's actually extra despicable that he claims he telepathically declassified records without going through a process that would get our troops and our assets killed abroad, right? If he just declassified things just by thinking about it, but didn't tell the people. So there are assets abroad who are now in these documents that he secretly declassified who are going to get killed and probably did get killed. To me, his declassification argument actually makes it far, far, far worse, but that's not the issue. For a two-year period, he's... He, before the search warrant was executed, he lied. He had people sign false affidavits. He moved things around. He's still moving things around. And now he's just attacking prosecutors, this prosecutor, attacking that prosecutor. Those are the crimes that are at issue. And so moving, though, from the crimes that are at issue, uh, that's a you know, criminal investigation. Trump freaking out right there, desperate as special counsel Jack Smith just meticulously pursues the investigation. You know, look, I like that Jack Smith, he's just moving methodically. And the Jack funniest Smith's contrast, by the way, Jack Smith has not said 
a single word. Does anybody listening to this podcast right now, have you heard Jack Smith's voice? <laughs> have you even heard the guy speak? And Donald Trump keeps attacking the guy ruthlessly. He's talking to a brick wall, but you know Jack Smith <laughs> is there behind the scenes. You know he's there with a pen or at his computer just logging, having somebody just log all these statements, all these attacks. Because this is also, obviously, one of the stark differences that we're seeing in the way investigations are handled when you look at Biden v. Trump on issues like confidential documents. You see Trump attacking the prosecutors, doing everything possible to obstruct the investigation, being an absolute maniac, spreading lies and disinfo. And you see the absolute opposite there with Biden, with Biden actually going out cooperating. And it's th that difference right there is actually the difference between criminality and doing something actually by the book. Absolutely. Do we have the, because Biden was asked these questions. Do we have the video of Biden where he was asked this question by the reporter? And he's like, look, there's nothing there. It'll play out. It'll, 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 it is what it is. If we got that clip, can you play it? Yeah, let me cue this up. This is Biden saying there's no there there. Yeah, what's your question? Hang on. Okay, look. As we found, uh, we found a handful of documents were failed, uh, were filed in the wrong place. We immediately turned them over to the archives and the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating, looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Thank you. Now just compare that statement that you just heard to the deranged video by Donald Trump that you saw before of him attacking the prosecutors, of him attacking people that he even appointed himself, who Merrick Garland bent over backwards to make sure that he appointed a Trump-appointed person to fill their role of special prosecutor in the Biden case. Garland didn't have to do that, but you have the Department of Justice taking a very even-keeled stance here. They don't have to do that. They are trying to make things fair for both sides at the end of the day, and you have Biden behaving like you should behave, and you have Trump setting himself up for an indictment, basically begging them, Jack Smith, indict me, indict me. Even though he says the opposite, every time he says those words, it's like he's begging him, please indict me, Jack Smith. You know, and he's called Jack Smith a terrorist. He's called Jack Smith a savage. He's called Jack Smith a Marxist communist. He's gone and attacked Jack Smith's wife. I mean, this, this is like, like this is, remember, it all though comes from the top though. Like this is who the Republican Party has modeled its behavior on. It's absolutely disgusting, but that is, you know, th th that is who they are. And so you go from the criminal investigation to the civil case that E. Jean Carroll filed against Donald Trump for civil rape for two defamation counts, one 2019, one based on his more recent statements in October of October 12th of 2022, where Donald Trump said, he, he this is what he said, he goes, I would never rape her because she's not my type. And that is a line that he repeats. And even in the deposition, he goes, well, he goes, number one, she's not my type. Number two, I didn't do it. So he actually leads his defense about why he didn't do it, why he didn't rape her. 
because he goes, she's not my type, which is just such a rep- reprehensible so and just sick and disgusting thing to say. But that's what he said. But there was a portion of the deposition that was just released. And in the portion of the deposition, it completely rebuts that because a photo is shown to Donald Trump, a photo from like 30 years ago um, where he was with E. Jean Carroll. Um, and that's E. Jean Carroll, who Donald Trump, you see the back of Donald Trump, he's with his now deceased first wife, Ivana, who he buried in his golf course to gain, you know, in the backwoods of his golf course to gain some tax benefits by claiming that his golf course was a cemetery in like the woods, which is utterly disgusting. But that's Ivana there. And that's E. Jean Carroll right there. So that photo was shown to Donald Trump in the deposition. And so um, he's asked, if we have the portions of the deposition, do you recall when you first saw this photo? And Donald Trump goes, at some point during the process, I saw it. I guess that I guess that's her husband, John Johnson, who was an anchor for NBC. Nice guy, I thought. I mean, I don't know him, but I thought he was pretty good at what he did. I don't even know the woman. I, I, I don't know who. Oh, it's Marla. Question. Roberta Kaplan, E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, seized upon that right away. Like, it just goes to show you, though, like a superstar athlete who studies tape, like to me, you know, for other people, if he just went, it's Marla, like it's hard to know. Like she knew right away that he thought that was Marla Maples and it was brilliant by her. So she goes, question. So you're saying Marla is in this photo referring to Marla Maples, his ex-wife, second wife? Answer, that's Marla, yeah. That's my wife, Donald Trump responds. Question, which woman are you pointing to? And now Alina Haba jumps in to coach him. And she goes, no, no, that's Carol. And then Donald Trump, he's perplexed though because he didn't think that's what she looks like. He was shook. He was taken aback. He was shook because she is his type. And she lo- that's the photo of Marla Maples. She looks just like Marla Maples. So his response wasn't when Alina Habba coached him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I misspoke, right? He freaks out and he goes, oh, I see. And the questioning begins. The person you just pointed to was E. Jean Carroll. And then Habba's pointing out, that's your wife, referring to Ivana. Question. And the person, the woman on your right was, answer, I don't know. This this was a picture. I assume that's John Johnson. And then Habba coaches him again. That's Carol. That's Carol. You know, and so he coaches, she coaches him to say that that's E. Jean Carroll. There's the photo of Marla Maples, Donald Trump's first reaction. And by the way, the jury's going to see this on video. We don't have the video yet. We just have the deposition transcripts, but they're going to see what took place in video. And because Donald Trump led his defense, number one was she's not my type. What E. Jean Carroll's legal team is going to do is show all the people who are his type, including Marla Maples and others. And and she's going to put the photos right next to E. Jean Carroll in that photo. And you're going to say, to believe Donald Trump, you have to believe that statement. And then they did this other thing, brilliant legal work, where they said to Donald Trump, so you believe that this is a hoax? So tell me all the other things you think are hoax. And then Donald Trump goes, Russia, Russia, Russia. Donald Trump goes, mail-in ballots, climate change. And he lists all these things that are not hoaxes as hoaxes. 
So it's going to be a very compelling case to the jury. Just think about that opening statement. You're going to hear that he calls everything that he believes is, um, you know, all the truth that hurts him, he calls hoaxes like climate change. He calls this a hoax. He's also going to argue that she was not his type, yet when we showed a photograph, he thought it was his ex-wife. And his main defense is that 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 Marla Maples was not his type. That was his lead. such a reprehensible defense. Such a reprehensible defense. It's karma for trying the lawyer, to use that. Defense. Yeah, the lawyer dissected I, that though. Brilliant. I, I would love to see that video. I want to see the look on his face when he came to the realization of what he just did, because that right there is like a bombshell moment in a deposition. That is a, I got you. I got you moment. Harry Mason would, moment. We call yes. It. Yes. I would love to see Donald Trump's face when that happened. I would love to then see, and I know we'll never get this because they definitely didn't have the camera on Roberta Kaplan. I would love to see Roberta Kaplan's face. I'm sure she held a great poker face throughout the whole thing, but she knew in that very moment, got him, got him. And she go, he goes, oh, oh, I see. <laughs> when Alina Haba, when, when Alina Haba coaches him, brilliant, brilliant legal work. That case isn't getting continued. Judge Lewis Kaplan, the federal judge, is like, we are going to trial, and he's already issued an order, basically inviting a gag order against Donald Trump, posting ridiculous things. And so he said, what should we do? What should I order? to stop like jury distraction. So this case is going to trial. No one should worry that that one's going to be delayed at all. Um, let's talk about what these MAGA House Republicans though did, Brett. They introduced a bill. Like It gets more shocking each week, right? And, and each day. They, they go from focus on, uh, on, on, on passing bills that uh, – address their own conspiracy theories like 80 like they claim they defunded the IRS agents when they didn't they passed a bill not a law and and going after stoves and they just completely misrepresent that it's 87,000 agents it's, it's employees it's over a decade it's to make sure the IRS functions so that billionaires who are tax cheats don't get away with it so that the IRS can function. But anyway, so now they've introduced, this is their big, big plan, which I, if you remember, I remember hearing about this like 20 years ago as one of these like radical extremist conspiracies. Actually, the origin, do you know this came from a Scientology sponsored group, the idea of, the, I, I didn't know the I actual- I was fascinating when I found that out. I didn't know that the idea of a fair tax in America gained popularity because of the Church of Scientology wanting to get back at the IRS and destroy the IRS because there was a lot of debates. If any of you have seen that movie Going Clear, the HBO documentary, I believe that's that's what it was called. They went over the battles between Scientology and the IRS. And there were these constant back and forths because the Church of Scientology wanted to say, we should get a religious exemption. We should not be required to pay taxes. And they so overloaded the IRS with lawsuits that they actually pushed them away and made it so that they don't have to pay taxes. They basically use the full weight, all their money to destroy 
a government institution. But one of the ways they were also thinking of destroying the IRS was by pushing this idea to abolish the IRS and push this idea of a fair tax to replace federal income tax. That made its way quickly by design through the right-wing conservative talk radio in the 90s. That idea continues to percolate, gain steam in some of those far-right outlets. Kind of peters out. If you remember, like Ron Paul kind of ran on this fair tax idea a few years ago, like a decade ago or whatever. Like It, it has come back up in kind of fringe circles, but now this is what Republicans are, are pitching. This is a bill that they have actually introduced on the floor. It's called They're calling it the Fair Tax Bill. It's HR 397 if you want to look up the text of the bill, and it abolishes the IRS and shifts all the federal taxes from the wealthiest Americans, shifts all those taxes to working people by charging a 30% tax on all goods and services, all taxable goods and services. So you have this party who tries to get elected by saying prices are too high. You got high egg costs and high this and high that. You got all these various things that they are purporting to run on. And then one of the first bills that they put out would instantly raise prices by 30% on all items. That would be an incredibly regressive tax. It's a, it's honestly, it's a horrible idea. It would hit the lowest income earners in America the hardest. It would probably bring a lot of people across the poverty line if they're not already in the poverty line. It's really just absolutely atrocious policy. And it doesn't even come anywhere near making up the money that they would need to fund the government, which is also probably by design. I think experts say that it would need to have a rate of about 60% of a sales tax, 60% in order to make up the taxes lost, the tax revenue lost from abolishing the federal ta income tax. And so it's just, it's a lost cause to begin with. And it's never going to get through, you know, even if they vote on it in the House and they pass it in the House, it's one of those things that's never going to get through the Senate, never going to get to the president's desk. And if it did by some Hail Mary, he's never going to sign it. So it really is just a good look though at the Republican Party's priorities. What are they focused on? And this is also a great opportunity for the rest of us to hang this around their neck until 2024 and beyond. What we want to do is we need to show everybody, look at this party that's trying to raise costs on everybody, on everything you purchase, every single thing you purchase by 30%. That is a radical idea. And even a lot of Republicans are like, House Republicans, what the hell are you doing? You know that guy Grover Norquist? He's like, the his whole thing is like, taxes are evil, no taxes. He's like one of those right-wingers who, he, he, he's like the guy like that where right-wingers make bills, they need to get the Grover Norquist stamp of approval that it's not going to raise taxes. Even Grover Norquist came out and was like, you are handing the Democrats an absolute softball here. This is a ridiculous policy to put forward. He said, quote, this is a political gift to Biden and the Democrats. I think this is the first significant problem created for the Republican Party by the 20 people who thought that there was no downside to the approach that they took. So that backlash that you're even seeing within the party, I think is super interesting as well. But there's the kind of nothing more radical than this proposal. This would really hurt people if it ever did actually get passed.
Yeah, and the Orwellian name of the fair tax, it is the completely unfair tax. It is completely regressive. The language that they use is, I, I suppose they believe it will be fair to their billionaire friends and, and help them while just destroying hardworking Americans, and middle-class Americans, and mostly everybody other than than billionaires it is utterly absurd and you know even seeing grover norquist and the dean of anti-tax the dean of this it's like all right look all you're trying <laughs> to do is support billionaires and just screw the rest of of everybody else right and all of this stuff you know the green m&m's a lesbian the purple m&m is obese and we're going after stoves and woke Stop the woke. We need to stop the woke. Pronouns. Dr. Seuss. Mr. Potato Head. You know, all of that is the sleight of hand as they literally steal from you. As they liter as these MAGA Republicans literally screw you over. You know, they're talking about fake conspiracies about people taking away stoves while the MAGA Republicans want to take away your social security. They 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 talk about it. They put it in their legislation. They are coming for your social security. So if you want social security, I, you can't support MAGA Republicans because they're coming for it. Medicare, they're coming for it. Prescription drug prices, and they absolutely want to raise it. They want to, I, I could go through a whole list of things. They are coming for it because they want to support their billionaire class and their weird MAGA cult class they're 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 death cult that's what they are a death cult and here's what they want to do they want to seize on problems and not necessarily even seize on problems they want to create problems they want to try to blow up the economy they want to hold the economy yeah. hostage in order to then go and make those cuts and we're seeing that right now with the debt ceiling battle that is going on as you remember earlier this week we said that by thursday we might be hitting the debt ceiling that was what janet yellen had said and sure enough Tre treasury secretary janet yellen sent a letter today to kevin mccarthy to alert him that the united states has officially hit its debt ceiling. Now, don't freak out just yet because they have mechanisms to basically keep us going, keep us paying the bills, and they could do that. Basically, what I'm hearing is around until June, although I, I find that a lot of people make these proclamations and then they turn out to be wrong. But what's being reported is that we could go along with these quote unquote extraordinary measures by the Treasury Department and go along until June until this becomes catastrophic. And right now we're seeing a stalemate between Republicans and Democrats because Democrats are saying, Republicans, it's your constitutional duty to pay our debts. That's it. There's no debate here. You can't hold the economy hostage. And Republicans are going back and they're saying, oh, well, we are going to hold the economy hostage. In fact, we will not hesitate to blow up the economy unless you let us make these substantial cuts to Social Security, to Medicare, and unleash our radical policies on the United States of America. And thus far, President Biden, the Democrats have stayed very strong here, and they've said, we're not giving an inch. We're not giving an inch. We're not negotiating with financial terrorists here. We are not giving you an inch in this battle. And Republicans have no leg to stand on here because if you look back over the Trump administration, they raised the debt ceiling three times 
didn't put up a fight whatsoever, didn't make demands of Donald Trump to cut spending, while Donald Trump ran up the debt, ran up the deficit more than any other president in history. And in fact, if you go through the entire history of the United States of America and all the debt that we've accrued since the beginning of time, 25% of the debt that the United States of America holds came from the four years of the Trump administration. That's something Republicans never want to talk about. And they always get extremely hypocritical the second that they get the majority in this case in the House and Democrats or the majority in the White House are, are, are running the executive branch. Republicans jump in there and they try to blow up the economy, hold it hostage. We've seen how this plays out before. They usually bring us right to the brink. In 2011, the S&P actually downgraded our credit rating because we got so close to the brink, but did not default on our debt. They will probably try to do that again, but hopefully, like in the past, the American people are watching this and they're seeing who is holding the economy hostage. The Republicans have also, I think, made a fatal mistake here by making it very clear that they would not raise the debt ceiling and not and unless their demands were met. So I think they will rightfully be blamed for what is going on here. They are trying to tank the economy. They want Biden to look bad. I think this is a huge, huge, huge miscalculation on their part. By the way, these are a lot of spending initiatives. All these spending initiatives have already been passed, right? It's just paying for things that have already that are already in the law. There's not new spending initiatives here in raising the debt ceiling. By the way, including programs that were passed under Republican control. So this isn't some like newfangled spending, quite the contrary. It's just paying existing debt to begin with. And then also, you know, when these MAGA Republicans call themselves fiscal conservatives, it's why language is so important. You know, we should never call these people conservative at all. They're not conservative in anything, and they're certainly not fiscally conservative. Like, the bottom line is that, like, Democrats and Biden are far more fiscally conservative with money than anybody who calls themselves a conservative. I mean, the deficit has been reduced by trillions under Biden, and Democrats, when they pass legislation, they have ways to pay for it. And the Congressional Budget Office, which the Republicans go, oh, the CBO's off. The CBO doesn't know what they're talking about because the CBO said that their attack on the IRS would actually increase the deficit by close to $200 billion. So now the CBO doesn't matter. Like the Democrats actually listened to the CBO recommendations, right? And kept things so that they could actually pay for the programs. And one of the ways they paid for the programs is by increasing the IRS staff over 10 years. You have to be able to pay for it and Democrats pay for it. Um, I, wa I want to hear your thoughts, Brett, but then I want to play that Marjorie Taylor Greene clip about what she said, but I know you had a thought there. Oh, no, I didn't have any other thoughts other than the fact that, no, I mean, it's, it's very it's very clear cut. Um, and I, I just like that the Biden administration, at least right now, is like, no, we're not playing your games. We're, we're, we're not going to humor you as you try to slash Social Security, slash Medicare, take away programs people actually need. It's very cynical, and it's so typical of what these Republicans do every single time. And then you know they don't believe in any of this, because if they did, I like, I, once again, if they were honest about, if they were at least honest about their beliefs, and during the Trump administration, when the debts were running up high and the deficits were running up high, if they went, hey, 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 let's 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 hold on a sec, let's hold on a sec, we 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 can't be spending like this. We gotta we gotta cut the budget here. We can't be hitting that debt ceiling. Let's figure out ways to bring it down. But they never, ever 
ever have those concerns when there's a Republican president. And it's that hypocrisy too that just makes it so obvious to me. And it should make it so obvious to everybody. It's just it's political games and the people who suffer are the people who rely on those programs the most. And I think it's a really cynical game that they're playing. You know when Matt Gates folded on the 15 roll call votes where McCarthy lost and it was incredibly humiliating both to the institution of the House of Representatives and definitely more so to Kevin McCarthy. Matt Gates folded when one of the members of the House of Representatives who would be sitting on um, a very powerful committee went up and literally tried to attack him, <laughs> like like punched him, you know, and like stood up to him. And when it was finally, they were like, you know what, we're leaving, we're we're going home, we're done with this, you know, you you know, you've screwed up. That's when Matt Gates actually folded. So what I like that the Democrats are doing here to all of this nonsense, you can't negotiate with terrorists. Right, you can't negotiate with people who are going to try to hold the economy hostage. So Democrats are basically through this too, right? They've been through this with Obama. They know that the more you try to negotiate, the more Republicans try to take, and they still try to screw you over at the end of the day. There's no point in a negotiation where they'll go handshake deal. We agreed upon that. Okay, great. Let's raise the debt ceiling. That's not going to happen, no matter how much you give them. It's not going to happen. So why even bother? Why even? Because at that point, the White House would simply be negotiating away from themselves. They'd be negotiating against themselves if they even participated in that. Let Republicans take responsibility for this. If they want to crater the economy, that's on them because we are not taking away programs that folks need. And and, and play this clip. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene when she was asked. She goes, I'm not going to sign a clean bill raising the debt limit. You you don't you don't sign bills as a (laughs) member of the House of Representatives. Signing? Here, play this clip going to send something to the Senate um, to make it a Joe Biden's desk to be signed. And we want to make sure that we have things in there that we have to have. I, for right. one, will not sign a clean uh, bill raising the debt, the debt limit. They don't understand what they do for a living. Like this, they, they, that's part of it too. It's like they're wannabe authoritarians and they don't understand what their actual role is as legislators. They don't understand that they vote. They don't understand how a bill becomes a law. It is It is the level of incompetence is shocking. And to me, the depths of their authoritarianism, I, I guess gets less shocking, but just some stories just stand out. And I'm like, the, the, the level of evilness to ban AP African American history from your state and to say that the content of such a course would be inexplicably contrary to Florida law and significantly lacks educational value. That's actually the language that DeSantis used when he rejected the college board's request to approve an African American studies course. It's so despicable. I mean, you have that. You have in Virginia, um, the Madison County School Board banning every book. They're banning, you know, it, it, they ban the books that that tell on them, right? So they, the first book they ban is The Handmaid's Tale. Think about that because they know they're the, they ban The Handmaid's Tale, you know, and every Tony Morrison book. I, I, I'm trying to even like make sense of some of these books. Like one of the ones that stuck out to me is, 
They're banning 112263 by Stephen King, which is like a historical fiction book about the JFK assassination. It's an amazing book. I read it a few years ago. It's one of my favorite books of all time. Why ban that book? Like I, I, I can't even wrap my mind around it. Maybe because there were ever elements of civil rights in it, and it was the civil rights era. That may be part of it. What, what, what were your thoughts on on that? Oh, that they believe that JFK is going to rise and still become uh, the president of the United States. That, that's a possibility too. But how craven and, and gross do you have to be to think that that is your path to the presidency? Right? You know this. The opportunism of DeSantis there is that he does all these stunts while his state is suffering. By the way, rent is crazy through the roof. Insurance prices. There's a huge crisis. They have a major teacher shortage right now in Florida. And uh, sorry, this is Virginia, which has all its own other set of problems. I can't even keep track. But you have DeSantis talking about the stoves. You have DeSantis talking about banning uh, AP history. And then you have this in Virginia, the banning of these books. It goes to show you that when Republicans say CRT, as we've all said from the beginning, we all said that's code word. We know that's a code word. It's very obvious. There is no CRT being taught in these classes. They want to ban the teaching of black history, straight up. They want to remove any sort of reference to any parts in our history that might make America look a little bad. Now, I think it's important to tell a truthful history. And anytime you have a party in power, a politician who wants to ban our history, I think that is a very, very, very scary, scary thought. And whether it's banning AP black history, which is just so obscene, or banning these books from school libraries, it really shows you where the heads of these Republicans are at. And it shows you the extent of the power and the control that they want to inflict on Americans. Because to me, you can hold two thoughts in your mind at the same time, right? You can say, I love America. I love our constitution. I think that our democracy sometimes is a messy system, but it's one of the best systems, if not the best system that's ever been created in mankind. I could also say what we did to black and brown people, the treatment is horrific. I could hold two thoughts in my same time. As part of my love for the country, I want to make a more perfect union. I want to treat all people as equal. LGBTQ+, anyone who's had their rights stripped. I want to make sure that humans are treated with decency, with compassion, with love. And I could also say, I love our country. How insecure do you have to be? Hmm. Well, you have to have the insecurity of a wannabe dictator. You have to have grandiose visions of being an emperor and an authoritarian where your rule won't be questioned, where you have such insecurity that you can't handle a criticism of, of the country, that you can't even hand and you can't hold two thoughts at the same time. Like this is utterly despicable conduct. And what I do like about the new leadership in the House of Representatives by the Democrats, that is, who are not in leadership, but the leadership by Hakeem Jeffries and others, they call this nonsense out. They go, the Republican Party is the party of George Santos and Donald Trump. The party of Donald Trump and George Santos has clearly lost its way. And it's messaging that we've been talking about here at the Midas Touch Network now for over two years, talking about pro-democracy, 
talking to the exhausted majority, not using labels where you call people like DeSantis conservative. There's nothing conservative. The media screws things up so royally when they say, these are liberals and these are conservatives. This is a very conservative. They don't want to conserve anything. They support insurrectionists. They support terminating our constitution. They support election denialism. Conserve, they're not conservative people at all. I think I'm far more conservative than they are. And if you look at my views and values, they line up traditionally with more progressive and liberal views. But I believe in conserving our constitution. I believe in conserving our democracy. I believe the person who gets the most votes wins. I believe in free and fair elections, right? I don't I believe in confronting the horrific acts that we've done in the past. I we need to confront the horrors of the United States of America. I mean, we've done a lot of horrific things. That should be taught in schools. You shouldn't shy away from that. It's part of what being an American is, is learning about it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's essential that kids are taught this. And that's why I really don't believe that Ron DeSantis's brand of fascism in Florida, I don't think that translates to other parts of the country. It might translate to other deep red states throughout the country. I think on a national stage, I think he gets laughed at. I think these are absolutely ridiculous. And you see the performative nature of all of his stunts too, because in one of the recent speeches that he was giving, he also, of course, I think he was feeling left out a little bit with the whole gas stove debate. And he made some sort of side comment that, oh, you know what? Uh, I may actually make gas stoves tax-free in Florida is a legitimate comment that DeSantis made. I may even propose that gas stoves be tax-free in the state. (laughs) But what if I did that? Everyone deserves a little bit of free gas stoves. And so then I looked it up because there were some charts going around as this ridiculous gas stove, fake, phony propaganda was out there. And I was like, okay, so it feels super performative. It obviously is. It's it's ridiculous. How many folks in Florida, how many Floridians actually use uh, gas stoves? Let's, let's pull up the chart. I got the chart here. And between 71 and 90% of Floridians use electric stoves. So nearly no Floridians even use gas stoves to begin with. Yet he's using this as one of his performative BS talking points to try to go while people are suffering from increased rent prices, high insurance, lack of teachers in the schools. He just constantly does this this technique, which you learn from Trump, which is distract them with these culture war issues, distract them with the BS. When they're looking this way, they won't be looking that way at all your failures, at all the damage that they're trying to cause you. They won't be looking at when you try to implement that 30% tax rate. They won't be looking at when you try to take away their social security and their Medicare because they're going to be looking at stoves, stoves. It's it's idiocracy at its finest and it's being weaponized by the leaders of the Republican Party. You know, I would be very interested when you see uh, DeSantis I was going to call him DeSantos, right? Because they're basically the same. <laughs> when you see DeSantis, when you see him at a debate, and you know when he has to get asked those questions, and, you know, could you imagine the debate between DeSantis and Trump? Like Trump will be in a prison. Um, you know, DeSantis will be every word will be anti woke pronouns, and it's like, okay, could we focus on reducing prescription drug prices for Americans? Could we focus on taking care of our veterans? Like, they have no issue. Like, 
there's actually zero issue. Like remember when they remove their platform, they, they they don't have an actual issue or policy other than their M&Ms and their Dr. Seuss and their this or their that. Like, can we focus on making education accessible and affordable? Can we try to protect a woman's right over a body? Can we protect the right of people who love each other to get married without the government like intervening? And like, can we focus on issues that people are, can we focus on our infrastructure? DeSantis runs around with the checks from infrastructure bill um, that was passed. Then he goes, the Santa Claus is here. He, he actually says that. He calls himself the Santa Claus. He runs around with Biden's checks because he's a clown. He, and he goes, the Santa Claus is here. I am hereby giving a $6 million check to the fire department. And it's like, okay, that was from the infrastructure bill that all of you MAGA Republicans, including you, actually opposed with your and while you focused on woke this and 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 woke that. And as we talk about DeSantis and go to DeSantos, can the George Santos story get any weirder and weirder? Like we've talked about his lies about <laughs> the college. Care, careful what you wish for, Ben. <laughs> I, you know, we, he's lied about everything. And the most heinous and despicable is, yes, he's lied about every job he's ever had. Everyone, everyone. He's lied about going to school. He didn't even go to college. And he lied about the college he attended very specifically, that he was a star volleyball player who won these big Ivy League games. Like the, the really the strange to the straight up like heinous and despicable that his grandparents survived the Holocaust. His name was Zabrowski, that his mother died in 9-11, that his mother survived 9-11, that his dad survived 9-11, that four of his employees um, uh, were victims of the Pulse nightclub shooting. You know, on and on and on it goes with lie after lie after lie. And, and now there was this story. I mean, yeah, we is like there, there are people who fact checked. Yes, his his mom was in Brazil. His mom wasn't there on nine eleven. Yes, we know he lied about that. Okay, we know that his mom like like it's 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 all a lie. You know the 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 you know the broader question is is he even an American citizen? Which I, I have serious doubts about. You know, he's being criminally investigated, state, local, federal. Other countries are now investigating him for crimes. Um, one of the things that we learned though is that you know he had this. Uh, this it wasn't a charity. It was it was not a five hundred one c three, but he called it Friends of Pets United, which he stands behind the work of the charity. But let's just begin with the fact that it's not actually a registered charity. And so, what Friends of Pets United would do? It's the most despicable scam that this guy ran. Like you can't get you, you can't be a more low life than George Santos. He would basically endear himself to people whose pets were about to die, including veterans. And he would start GoFundMe accounts. There's the one veteran right there uh, who he scammed, this guy named Richard Ostoff. And there's Ostoff's dog, Sapphire, who was his service dog. And so he would scam vulnerable people whose dogs were about to die by doing GoFundMes to do surgery for the dogs to, to try to save their lives to people who couldn't afford the surgery. And then when the dogs had to go into surgery, the surgery would never take place. They would get the runaround and then Santos would not actually use the funds that were raised on GoFundMe to, um, to actually fund any medical procedures. So that's the friend. Can you get, can you get more scammy? This is Richard Ostoff back in 2016. To everyone who helped me and my dog Sapphire raise the money for her surgery, I'm sorry to say that we were scammed by Anthony DeVolder. 
uh, and Friends of Pets United. Through a series of bad veterinary contacts and subterfuge regarding payment, Sapphire has not received veterinary care and her growth is three to four times bigger than it was when the campaign was fulfilled. She is facing euthanasia within months. Um, the dog did die and was euthanized uh, about two months later because of what Santos did. Even using the name there, uh, Anthony DeVolder. And so you have George Santos, the politician, George DeVolder, the fake businessman, Anthony DeVolder, the MAGA LGBTQ activist, but George Santos is the politician who's against the LGBTQ community. He's against same-sex marriage. There was that video that Patriot Takes pulled up saying that same-sex marriage is an abomination and that we need traditional families. Okay, you claim to be married to a man. There's also George or Anthony Zabrowski, who's the Jewish descendant of Holocaust survivors. He also had a roommate who was interviewed, I think, recently by CNN, who said that Santos would use the name Zabrowski to try to scam Jewish people um, with GoFundMe accounts um, by appealing to Jewish people with the last name Zabrowski. And then, Brett, we've got Katara, the drag queen. And so people in Brazil with him um uh, would say that he was a drag queen in brazil um and brett what was the name the name was katara yeah katara ravash katara ravash or ravashe and so we have katara here uh we're yeah. pulling it up and he, you know here is the pretty obvious proof to me that this is real and we had you know reports on this come out last night but the you know the interesting thing is like nobody's shocked really anymore by all the developments in the story everyone's just like oh yeah of course that happened i mean once again, there, there's nothing bad about being a drag queen. It's it's you're, it's totally a a good thing to do, right? The problem here is that you have George Santos, who has aligned himself with the far right, aligned himself with all these anti-gay politicians, who not only talk badly about drag queens, but actually dehumanize them, target them with violence, and make death threats against them. And you had all those things happening even just weeks ago, where they would target full cities and towns of people where a drag show was taking place. They would blow up the electricity. They would blow it up, wipe out the electricity for the whole town, or they would threaten violence on a place, on a location that had a drag show. You have the Proud Boys showing up. You have Oath Keepers. You have all these domestic terrorist groups showing up, and these these drag shows need to actually shut down over it. This is who George Santos aligns himself with. He considers himself a MAGA politician, and this is George Santos in drag. It reminds me of the Carrie Lake story that we saw uh, that we were told about, you know, where Carrie Lake used to attend drag shows all the time. And now her biggest target are drag shows and she calls them groomers and she denigrates them constantly and she wishes ill upon them. And now we see, I mean, this is a pretty clear representation here. It doesn't take a forensic expert here to identify George Santos in these photos. But of course, what does George Santos do? Does he say, Yes, that's something from my past. No, I'm not ashamed of it. That was what I used to be into. You know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. No, he lies even further. He continues to dig his hole of lies, which just seem absolutely endless at this point. It's like everything, the guy can't tell the truth about a single thing. You look at his 
Twitter account right now. It's just denial, 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 denial. And here are two. Here, here's one here from George Santos. Uh, the most recent obsession from the media claiming that I am a drag queen or quote unquote performed as a drag queen is categorically false. The media continues to make outrageous claims about my life while I am working to deliver results. What 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 results are you are you delivering? I will not be distracted or phased by this. Okay, so George Santos said that the idea that he is a drag queen or performed as a drag queen is categorically false. Let me pull up that photo one more time for the viewers, for the YouTube viewers here. If you're on audio podcast, you can check out the YouTube if you haven't seen these photos yet. Does that look categorically false to you or could it not be more of a direct representation of George Santos on the right? We have the- Well, Brett, that's the one that you focus on, but how about where he goes, go, go, go back to the tweet though for a second. The media continues to make outrageous claims about my life. While I am working to deliver results, really out outrageous claims about your life, really. I mean, let me. What's pretty outrageous? What kind of shocks my conscience is that you've lied about everything in your life, okay? And they, and to go, the media continues to make outrageous statements about my life. That goes back to, frankly, all of the people we've talked about today: Trump, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, DeSantis. Santos. And to Hakeem Jeffries' point, the Republican Party is the party of Trump and Santos and Marjorie Taylor Greene and DeSantis. And that trickles down or trickles sideways or laterally or whichever way you want to do it into a MAGA Supreme Court. That's what you have. You have a MAGA Supreme Court run by MAGA right-wingers, six of them, you could say Justice John Roberts maybe is not as extreme as the others in that group, but I don't know. He he, It's his court. This is the show he's running. And so the Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade, it was leaked to Politico back on May 2nd. Um, and it was shocking when it was leaked to everybody. But who would leak it? The process of the Supreme Court before an opinion is released is they circulate drafts. So it was still in the draft phase. So by leaking it to the press, a draft, you would essentially be stopping the ongoing deliberation by the Supreme Court. So who would want to stop the deliberation by the Supreme Court of drafts being sent by sending the last iteration draft to Politico? Who would that benefit? It certainly wouldn't benefit any of the non-MAGA Supreme Court justices. It wouldn't benefit the pro-democracy justices. They'd want to keep on deliberating to try to change the opinion until the very last day the decision was issued. They would know if they leaked it for all purposes, deliberations end because you can't change the opinion after that. The public knows what the opinion is. So someone wanted to stop deliberations. They wanted to stop some compromise from taking place. So obviously, we said here on the Midas Touch Network, that was clearly one of the right-wing Supreme Court justices. You pair that with the fact that Justice Alito has been exposed for leaking other 
Supreme Court decisions. He leaked the Hobby Lobby decision, and we know this because someone who was a extreme right-wing evangelical who has since exposed a lot of the corruption that's taken place within the evangelical the the, the corrupt community within the evangelical leadership that he basically said when he was running the show, he would set up these dinners with Samuel Alito and and others. And they would tell him the they would tell him the decisions, and and it wasn't just like just saying it. Like there were emails um, from Samuel, you know, from the people who attended the dinners with Samuel Alito, basically saying things like, "Oh, Alito gave us some real good insight into what was going to happen, but let's talk about it over the phone." So there's contemporaneous documentation that this would take place, and someone who was doing it said that Alito would leak stuff. So we know that took place. So you put these pieces together and it's pretty clear that it was someone on the right wing and it was probably Alito who leaked it. Do we know that for sure? No, but that would be where I would start with my investigation. So who decides how this investigation takes place? The right wingers, because they control the court, not the pro-democracy three, the, the MAGA six. They're the ones who run the show. So it's John Roberts, who appoints the investigators, who are the Supreme Court marshals, who interview all the employees and the staff, the permanent staff, the the, the non-permanent staff. But they don't seem to investigate the Supreme Court justices. And by the way, they went like they did, they went hard on some of these staff. Like they looked at their Google searches, they looked at every email, all of their phones, everything. But the Supreme Court justices didn't turn over their phones. The Supreme Court justices didn't turn over all of their emails, including personal email accounts. The Supreme Court justices, as far as I know, didn't sign affidavits saying under penalty of perjury that they weren't the leaker. It was all focused on the staff. So who would run such a lousy investigation. I don't know. Maybe the people who are trying to get away with it. Maybe the people who are trying. I have a Lido hint, huh? I have a Lido hint. But I got a little. That's just- I mean, this, the Supreme Court looking for who leaked the document is like OJ looking for the killer. It's obvious. We know who did it. We know who did it here. So you could play all these games, but having that very clear fact right there that we looked all over, we looked far and wide, we looked through people's emails, we looked at the clerk, we looked at the temporary staff, we looked at the permanent staff, we looked at the assistants, we looked everywhere we could, but we couldn't find anything. But we didn't check the justices, they're off limits, we're not looking into them. I I would think you'd want to maybe start there, maybe start with the people who actually wrote it. How about that? Start with there and then work to where this could have been passed around rather than start from the bottom up. It's ridiculous. They never wanted to find what happened here. And now you see, you know, this is one of the things that oddly enough is uniting sort of both sides online right now as you, but for vastly different reasons, as you see the far right accusing it of being like some sort of deep state cover up. And you see people on our side, on on the pro-democracy side, being like, it's very obvious what's happening here. The people in charge of the investigation don't want to find out what happened because it would implicate them in the actions and it would look really freaking bad for them. Very clear. It once once it's it's just look at the obvious. What, what what's the obvious outcome? What's the obvious reasoning behind this? It's right there. Is yeah. The simplest explanation is sometimes the correct explanation, and and there it is. But when you go and back on this podcast, you think about it. So we started talking about. 
you know, really the head of the snake, right? Which is Donald Trump, um, who runs this MAGA cult. Then we talk about the House of Representatives, which is crafted in his image. Then we talked about governors like DeSantis, who engage in these fascistic rituals to try to gain clout within the fascist MAGA extremist base. Then you've got the weirdness, criminality, and gaslighting all kind of bottled into this George Santos, if that's even his name. And then you see how this impacts the MAGA Supreme Court and their criminality as well. And you got to call it what it is. You got to call out fascism. You can't both sides the issues like the large media networks do. And of course, you have the right-wing fascist media, which is just propagandist networks for this. That is why independent media is so crucial right now more than ever. There it is. You know, Tucker Carlson is a clown traitor. He is a traitor to this nation. And you just have to call it out. That, that That's yeah. what it is. Tell, tell our you audio lied. listeners what this headline on Fox News right now just says. It Nixon says- Nixon was removed for questioning the deep state. It is, you know, pro-Nixon narrative by Tucker Carlson right there. But each and every day they spew lies, disinformation, um, which looks a whole lot like the propagandist networks that you see in Russia. That's what MAGA is trying to create here. And the threat is existential. And when you both sides an existential threat like large media networks do, you have very, very, very problematic outcomes. And the way to challenge that, what we have devoted our lives to here on the Midas Touch Network is providing truly independent media that speaks the truth and says it like it is calls out fascism for what it is. And one of the ways you at home can support this independent media, and we're doing an exclusive Zoom chat over the weekend. If you join now, go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. You can join this exclusive Zoom. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, we're doing a Zoom. We're talking about our future plans. So become a member of patreon.com. There's different membership tiers there. But the reason that we have membership tiers there, it's not to try to gate the content and like hoard exclusive content there. We don't have outside investors because we don't want people who are even trying to tell us what they think we should do. We want you to tell us what you think we should do. So we're 100% accountable to you and you alone, no outside investors, no millionaires or billionaires. If you're like, hey, I don't like the Midas Touch Network, guess what? We're done <laughs> because this is 100% funded by you. So you go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. You join a membership there. Again, it's a membership. There's different membership tiers that cost different fees. So if you can't afford the membership, don't worry. We're still doing all this other content. We're keeping the same content, Cadis. All this other content is free. But I get asked a lot, what can I do wherever you are in the world to support the growth of this community? It goes a long way to help. I think you'll love this exclusive chat we're going to do on Zoom this weekend when you'll get to meet us all on Zoom. But go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. There's even a tier where you could become an honorary producer of this podcast. Your name appears on the honorary producer section right there. It lives in perpetuity as long as YouTube exists. That is that you're an honorary producer. You'll get a poster from me and my two brothers saying that you're an honorary producer. 
There's other membership tiers where you can get um, postcards. By the way, you could get memberships or honorary memberships in the name of other people too, if you want. So if you already have one and you want to buy an honorary producer for someone as a gift or whatever, you know, feel free to do that as well. Um, also, while you can check out Patreon, in addition to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, check out store touch.com where we have the best pro-democracy gear. That's one of the other ways we're able to kind of keep this network going and fund it through great merch. Helps fund our research and a bunch of other work. And it's great merch. Magateers, band book shirts. Um, we got the uh, Convict or Convict 45, Make Attorneys, Get Attorneys hat. And we just got some fresh Midas Touch gear it wasn't rigged. You're just a loser is a good one. And just some fresh gear that says Midas Touch on it, Midas Touch hat, Midas Touch shirts. I always love when I'm walking um, you know, at baseball games or uh, football games or whatever, and I see people wearing Midas Touch gear. It makes me super proud. And I finally just want to say um, the Midas Touch network is not just some like sterile network. It's a community, and it's a community built by you. Brett, myself, and Jordy, who's not here today, we are so grateful for you. And we know that we are nothing without the Midas Touch community. I often get asked, what's the secret sauce? Like, how are you not just getting lots of views and engagement, but like you're getting more views? You're competing with the large media networks. How, how are you doing it? And I say, you know, look, I, I, some of it is a lot of hard work, but the real secret is the Midas Mighty. The real secret is you, you who are listening to this on audio, you who are watching this on YouTube, you're the ones who spread the word. You share these pro-democracy messages that you learn here. You spread the message about the Midas Touch Network. You subscribe by hitting the subscribe button below. You tell others to subscribe to the Midas Touch Network, and we keep this movement growing each and every day, brick by brick. Our democracy is too important not to fight for the way we are every day with this unapologetically pro-democracy content. So I want to thank you all for watching this. We'll see you next time on the Midas Touch podcast with Jordy. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Brett. Brett, I'll let you take Jordy's role on this one. Shout out to the Midas Mighty! At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.